0: My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really?, which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can trust that they are telling the truth just as much as i am as it feels right for them also noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering we have included a six minute cool down meditation by liliana rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure and this soundscape is brought to you by scott reed jr Hey guys, my name is Danae and I'm here with my podcast for another episode of Damn Mom, Really? And today's story is going to be a little bit different from what I've been doing before. Everybody that I've talked to before today has lost their mom through, uh, you know, passing. But today I have Nicole with me who... Um, is going to talk about being estranged from her mom and actually getting back to a space where they are not, or getting to a space where they're not, and we're going to learn a little bit more about her story in a bit, but Nicole, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling all right, just a little tired
1: from working. I work in healthcare, so that's kind of, like, stressful, as always, as we see all the TikToks and stuff going on like that, so you can only do what you can do, but get that money, right?
0: Yeah, make that money. I can only imagine. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for my podcast and being... I'm willing to speak about your story in such a vulnerable way, because like I said, you know, everybody that I've talked to has lost it thus far has lost their mom, you know, physically and all that. Um, but your mom is still living. And so your story is really unique. And I imagine it might not be the easiest story to tell. But I think that, you know, a lot of people can benefit from it as well. And I think it also speaks to the wholeness of what I want this to be. Um, So I guess we can just get right into it, honestly. So how would you describe you and your mom's relationship today?
1: I would say it's definitely better. I wouldn't say, like, we're best of friends. But, like, we're definitely better than we were however many years ago. And I kind of think that started from, like, her being the parent that, like, was the breadwinner of the family. Mm. So, like, she was she was around, but she wasn't around. Like, she worked two jobs. She was, like, the my man has two jobs. She was the man that had two jobs. The man that
0: had two jobs. Okay. <laughs>
1: that was my mother. So, like, I always tell my sister this because I have an older sister that's four years older. She got a different mother and a different set of parents than I did. And she just never wants to believe that. And I'm, like, girl, yeah. like, you honestly did. Yeah. You honestly just had a different set. Wow. Um, so... I think, it's, I think that's where it comes. Like, I think that's why we were so estranged for a while. So my mom always taught me to be, like, super independent. Like, go get your money. Don't rely on a man. Like, try to do your best. And, like, when, since, like, I said, me and my sister were four years apart, when she was in high school, I was still, like, doing middle school, elementary school. When she went off to college, and then I was doing high school. So it was good that way of having that gap. But at the same time, like, I got to see my parents get divorced. I got to not see my mom be in the house. Mm. I got to have to do everything by myself because my dad didn't really want to do shit. So like I didn't so the relationship that she got to build with my mom of them being closer, I didn't get to build because I never saw my mom. Like I saw her, but like it would be like once every like while. Like she didn't even remember that I played soccer like in in middle school. And my, my sister brought it up the other day, and she was like, no, you didn't. And my aunt and my, the rest of my family was like, yes, yeah, she, yeah, she did. She, like, played soccer for, like, two straight years wow. because she was, like, never, like, really there. So yeah. it was so wild, like, when stuff had, when anything big happened, I would obviously tell her, I'd be like, oh, I'm graduating high school Cool." She would know when to show up to take off and be there. Like, oh, I have prom coming up. She made sure she got out early to help me with prom. Like, so she was there for the big moments, but, like, for small moments, like, it just wasn't happening. Our relationship just wasn't, wasn't happening yeah.
0: at all. Well, what did that feel like for you with, you know, having somebody who was so in and out in that way and kind of treated you um, as an option? And then furthermore, how do you deal with that now, getting back into a space and into a relationship with her?
1: So I actually think it's kind of hard. It's, still, it's obviously still very hard. So I did therapy for like six years. Okay. And I just started therapy in, like, college because she was just, like, you're not doing well because I was having a rough transition from, like, high school to college and also trying to balance a job because I've worked. She was, like, you have to work to get money. Fine. I'll work. But, like, it was hard to first balance it out. And I think because of that, going to therapy and then being, like, I see where she came from, but that shit hurt and starting to confront her about it, about how some of the, like, how her actions hurt me I think that's why we're getting to a better place mm-hmm. I don't feel like answers it well but like it's, yeah. it's just it's just was work but it was all o- it was mostly just only work on my part like I know this woman has not really she her work was probably like pray like she's mm-hmm. she's like that person like she so she's big on religion she's big on Jesus and good for her and I'm not downing anybody that does it but like because I've had that pushed on me so much, it made me go away from all that. And I'm like, not everything God's saying, let's pray about it. Let's like, let's pray the demons away because you're depressed. No, girl, like just listen to me. Yeah. I'm sad. A hot girl got sad. Like, listen. So yeah. like it's I it's just definitely more work that I put in to kinda of be a bigger person. I think mm-hmm. that's why it worked out.
0: Well, a key component to losing somebody, again, whether it's through death or estrangement or whatever the case may be, is feelings of abandonment. And it sounds like you've experienced those yourself, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
1: No, I definitely yeah. have. I definitely felt like for a while, there, like I felt like I was a third adult in my relationship with both of my parents mm-hmm. because my dad wasn't responsible. He definitely, this man definitely was not responsible. And then my mom was not there often because she was working all the time so I had to take care of myself I had to make sure I cooked for myself I had to make sure my homework was done I got to school I woke up on time like anything that I had to do I had to make sure I can do stuff for myself because it was like who else is going to do this for me I got to do it for myself like yeah (laughs) crazy yeah
0: and obviously, you know, you mentioned you're in therapy. And I kind of want to talk about that piece a little bit because you have gotten to a space where you're able to forgive her or start a relationship. Do you feel like at any moment you harbored any sort of resentment or maybe internalized guilt for finding yourself responsible for maybe why she wasn't there as much? Because I feel like that's, you know, just through my research and reading, that's something that a lot of people who experience loss deal with.
1: So I think at first, at first I said, fuck that bitch. Like, <laughs> I was furious. I don't think I like to feel guilt about her not being there for me just was just like the wildest notion, and it was mostly like at points in my life it was like fuck that bitch like when I was graduating college I was I spent my own money to do a whole like senior photo shoot and I literally I posted like one picture online and then we had mutual like people like was like Nicole's pictures are so nice that's amazing that she's graduating college And I got this long ass text paragraph from her saying you wouldn't be there without me. Why the fuck wouldn't you tell me that you were taking these pictures? You always like to hide things because I kept to myself anything that was happening to me after a certain point because we didn't have the relationship there. Mm -hmm. So like, I was just like, all right, like, and I literally, I remember clear as day when I got that text and I was so distraught. And like my roommate at the time was like, what like what is wrong and I said read this text from my mother and she's like what the fuck is wrong with your mom for saying that because I literally did these pictures and printed them out so I can surprise them to her after I like for my graduation date and that shit was just so wild to me that I was like wow I can't even surprise you with anything nice you just turned this on me because you were never there for me so I stopped telling you things now you're upset that I that I don't tell you things. So even when I want to do a surprise, now I'm a bad person.
0: Wow. And how do you think that these things have affected you in the long run?
1: I definitely, I definitely still keep things to myself. Like, that's just, I just was always that, like, because of how I grew up, I was just, I ended up being that person. You keep things to yourself. Like, well, I tell her if shit's bothering me, but yeah, it was, like, mostly, like, whatever's happening at work, since I'm there all the time. Most of my life happens at work. Of course, I'm going to come home and be like, yo, listen to the shit that happened at work. But like, for the most part, like, I just, what, I feel like that if I do have kids, that's something I just never want to let my kids feel. Mm-hmm. I just never want my kids to feel like, damn, like, you were never there for me. And even when now I'm trying to surprise you and be a good person to start changing our relationship. You're still being like this to me. Like, what the fuck? Like, what is that? Yeah. Like, how, like, why would you make me want to change this relationship?
0: And, and through trying to rebuild that relationship or trying to cultivate it in general, do you find that you understand your mom a little bit better? Do you find that you understand her decisions or that you empathize with her more or no? And there's obviously no right or wrong answer to this.
1: I think I empathize with her a little bit more because, like, I, like, broke it down into this. So my mom was, like, the second youngest of, like, eight kids wow like she lost her brother like she lost the youngest one like when i was a baby so when she became obviously the youngest but she was always put as the most responsible one she was always the one watching her sister brothers and sisters kids she was also watching like she was also the one in charge of the house when her mom wasn't there she raised basically all all like all her nieces and nephews like there was only very few like she had to be independent since young because she like moved countries Like, so I was like, all right, I get it. Like, you had to be independent since young, so you put on us independent since young. Like, she never had a good relationship with her dad, so she's trying to make sure I have a good relationship with my dad, and I know she's seeing that the same way her relationship with her dad went is the same way with me and my dad is going, which is vastly different from how my sister and my dad going. Like, I don't have a relationship with that man at all. She, like, talks to that man all the time. So, like, she, I think she sees, and I obviously see some of the things that she went through that she also now like sees mirrored in me in a different way, but then the Mm -hmm. same different font, same format. And she's like, damn, like, so I get that we are more similar than we think. Mm -hmm. Plus like, if I showed you a picture right now, you'd be like, damn, you really look like that bitch. (laughs) Like, That is your mother. So like, I think because she can look at me and be like, no, that's my child. You look like my child. She's like, damn, I really don't want you doing the same like mistakes that I did. And I see, she like, and I know she probably sees it in a different font, but I'm like, that's the way my life just got pointed. It may look similar, but that's just how I got pointed. I can't stop it. So it's like, yeah. what do you do?
0: So as a person who hasn't ever really had a relationship with both of her parents, mom and dad, and it seems like you had to parent yourself a lot, do you ever feel or did you ever feel maybe jealous or resentful of other people who did have that two-parent household um, that was cohesive or even just girls or women whose mothers were so heavily involved in their lives actually i never felt jealousy i always just felt pure happiness
1: that like they had a good mom that was there for them or at least like if i was around like their mom would be mom to those of us i have so many friends moms that i call mom and it's like mm-hmm. insane because mm-hmm. i was i was never jealous of other women I was never. It just never happened. I, I was always so glad when I knew my friends had parents that, like, actually cared and wanted to show up. I'm like, And, like, I thought about it now. Like, if I got married to my boyfriend now, like, I was thinking about the guest list, and I was like, there are some friends that I also have to invite their parents, too. So, like, because yeah. I'm like, their parents were just so good and kind to me in all those moments. Yeah. I just never felt any jealousy. I was just so happy for them to have a good parent.
0: From where I sit in my you know, viewpoint of things in my own situation. I do find myself feeling a little bit jealous sometimes. For me, I see other people with their moms. I'm like, well, why don't I get to have my mom? Um, Mm -hmm. Why don't I get to experience her in this way? Why don't I get to have these things? And so I'm really happy that you, you know, you didn't feel that way, and haven't felt that way, because it is good to be happy for other people, you know, I mean, even me, I'm like, I wouldn't, Realistically, I wouldn't want anybody to lose their mom. You know, yeah. It's just like, but damn, like, why did I get chosen and not anybody else? But I'm really happy that you're you're not thinking that way, and that's such like a great positive way to be. You mentioned potentially getting married in the future and having kids yourself. Um, how has your relationship with your mom influenced the way that you'll be a parent or even a wife? <laughs>
1: No, you know, it's really funny you say that because I was laying in bed with my boyfriend the other day and he literally said he sent me this TikTok. I love it to death just to check the death disrespectful shit, though. But it was like the TikTok that's like, oh, when like the girl was like freaking out because she realized she turned into her mother. It was that sound where they're like banging things. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm turning into my mother. And he was like, yeah, he's like, from what I've seen, he's like, yeah, you, you have traits from her which is mostly like making sure things are clean and organized but like he was just like no like you you definitely like will have some traits definitely that he can see now that's in her he's like yeah you have those traits already so like I just I think that influenced me I know the things that my mom did to me are the things where I'm like that's not what I want for my kids I don't want my kids to feel that way if there's any, if, like, I want them to go to therapy for some other shit. Like, I don't want it to be anything. I don't want them to be, like, you had mom issues. You had mommy issues. You had daddy issues. It's just not me. Right. So, I think that's going to have hell like, it influences me. And seeing, like, my parents' relationship not being good at all. I know, like, the type of partner I want to be isn't a type of intuitive partner. Like, I've, I know so much from my mom's, like, marriage to my dad that I probably shouldn't know as a kid. Like, I should not have known. Like, just as being their child keep me in the dark but I never was able to be kept in the dark mm-hmm. my sister I feel like she's oblivious Wow. but my mom talked about it openly to me and my dad talked about it openly to me and I remember a conversation with my mother where it was like something of, like in high school it was I was in high school and she definitely was like I don't know how we came up to it but she asked me what I thought of marriage and what I thought of love and at that time I was like marriage like i'm not getting married that's just dumb as hell like because of like because of them and she literally and i remember she was always so upset that i said that she was like what do you mean you don't want to get married and i said i just don't believe in love and she was so distraught that i like like i said that but i was like girl like what did you give me she was like i'm so sorry i didn't give you the basis to show what love actually is i had a way to show me like if you feel like that's how it, it should like i shouldn't have that mindset show me how it should be like, obviously, now my, like, perception has changed. I met a man that I love greatly, and I hope to marry this man.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you had to grow up faster than the people around you?
1: Yeah. I definitely felt like I grew up faster than, like, everybody around me.
0: And what did that mean? It went,
1: I think it went anywhere from, like, from just, like, making sure I was responsible for myself. Like, knowing that if something happened, I could not call my parents. That I, like, had to make sure I had the who, the what, the where, the why all down pat before anything else I think that was like my biggest thing like so I when everybody else was like oh like I could still do the your mom could drop us off on my mom could pick you up but I would still have to make sure who was going how many how much money was I gonna spend what was our budget does she know the address of where I'm going or what we're doing like so she still was a parent in that way but I still had to make sure I had everything finalized and organized even before I was like we're gonna go do this Or, like, even if it was just making sure I had lunch, I had to make sure I had lunch for myself. Like, it wasn't, like, she was like, oh, I made this meal, you can, like, take the leftovers, but no, I had to make sure of it. Like, we have food in the house, but I was making sure I was cooking that food for myself. Like, and my friends weren't worried about that. Their parents were like, yeah, you can cook for yourself if you feel like it, but make sure, like, I also made food. Like, they would be doing, like, Sunday dinners, and that's not, everybody's just, I'm eating by myself. (laughs) Like, I'm doing my own thing. And figuring it out from there like i'm just asking how basically to buy stuff like that's literally about what it was
2: it
0: wow so i want to talk again about the the remnants of abandonment that come from grief and grieving a relationship whether it's um something that was taken abruptly something that wasn't or with a person that you know is still physically here how do you show up for yourself in your relationships or how do you show up as a partner in your relationships when abandonment has been so much a part of your life with the person who gave you life
1: yo that's actually really hard and I think again like it's because I did fucking therapy (laughs) to be honest if I never would have done the therapy I don't think I would be here like if I didn't do that work your girl would not be here like how she is today like that's what and I legitimately think that because My partner now is not the partner I had in college. And that partner in college also mimicked abandonment in a relationship to the point where, like, I was not talking to that man for days because his mental health was bad and I was trying to be understanding. And eventually I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, we're not even in a relationship at this point. Like, so we broke it off. And then I met my partner, like, right after. But I was like, but abandonment. Felt like a running fucking theme. Until like I finally said to myself. And like I said this to my therapist. I was like I said I'm tired. I'm tired of just like people not showing up. And giving me the same benefit. And he was like what do you want to do? And I said I think I'm just going to take time for myself. And he was just like take that time. And then literally as soon as I fucking said that. I feel like someone always comes in your life. That proves like different. So, so. But knowing that. I was like I know when to give myself. And I know when to not give myself. And I also know when to be like, like, I'm done. And I think that's what comes, I think that's what came from abandon, like, all the abandonment to be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to just walk away from it. And if you sit there and you look crazy, that is on you. Like, that's not on me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I came to get to that mentality because mm-hmm. of feeling abandoned.
0: Yeah, you were like, I'm dipping, I'm dipping, if it doesn't feel right, if if it's not right for me, I'm leaving. That's a really powerful Mm -hmm. statement to be able to make. I think that a lot of people in our age group are still trying to figure out that whole concept of boundaries and enacting them. And now we talk about it. And we talk about mental health and therapy and making sure that we're taking space for ourselves. But I think that that's such a new theme. Even still, it feels very new. Mm -hmm. And it feels very difficult. Um, so I commend you for being able to do that, and also shout out to your therapist because it sounds like uh, they have been doing a, a great job with you.
1: Yo, that work is worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to touch uh, again on the whole like idea of abandonment, but let's like talk about it from a standpoint of just being isolated. Because you know when we started out this conversation, you talked about the difference between the way you and your sister have viewed your experience and you have friends who, you know, didn't necessarily share in your experience. What was that space like for you to be in where you knew and understood that people could not relate to what you were going through?
1: You know what? It's so funny. Like, I just, I know I keep saying it's so funny, because to me, it's just it's such a baffling thing to be like, yo, this was really, that was really my life. <laughs> like, Yeah. But I think it, it was hard. It's hard, because when I told when I told people, I was like, this is my mother. I would never introduce my father. So a lot of people thought my father was dead. Like, that's how. Wow. And, like, for a while, people, like, also was like, you don't talk about your family much. Like, you keep it where you don't talk about these people. And I'm like, because what is there to talk about? I don't hmm. have these people. What is there to talk about? So I think the fact that I knew other people could not relate just made it where I was like, there's no point in talking about this. There's no point in talking about this dynamic. There's no point. Hmm my one friend actually we've been friends since college I, I remember it was like last year or something she was like you know I you never mentioned your parents so she was like sometimes I forget that you actually have parents because you barely talk about them and I'm like yeah you right <laughs> like I can't mm-hmm. even argue. you can't even argue with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: because when you know you can't relate sometimes it's easier just not to bring it up at all yeah yeah
0: You know, I've noticed a common theme of other people I've known who have lost somebody, regardless of who that person was to them in any form. A lot of people do go the route of just not talking about the thing. My Mm -hmm. roommate's mom passed away years before me and my roommate even met, but I had no idea about that until months after I met her. And it seems like that's a common theme. Again, when you're grieving, sometimes people go within... And they they don't speak out on what they're going through or they don't speak out on their experience so much so to the point where people have to actually go inside themselves and be like, oh, wait, you don't talk about these people. Why? How many times have you had to explain that? And what does it feel like for you to have to explain it?
1: It always felt like I always kind of like rushed through it. I always just said, oh, I just don't have a good relationship with my parents like that. And I definitely have done it like a ton of times. There would be family day events at college. And I, my family would not be there. I would have friends come in and visit me that weekend instead. <laughs> I'd be like, can y'all come in and be like, oh, yeah, my family can't make it. Yeah. Like, I would literally just make sure, like, and I would never bring it up because I was just like, look, like, are you actually going to make that effort to show up for me or should I just call my friends that I know? Yeah. So that's well, like, so I just, it's a lot. I like definitely like had to be like, yeah, my family's just not coming a lot or Yeah, they just they had work, like they couldn't come, sorry. Like so many times. It's it's unreal.
0: I mean, it sounds like you've had really great community though behind you. And again, one of the things that I've talked about with people who have experienced grief and loss in whatever capacity have shared how important it is to have community. You know, you have your friends and you have, it sounds like you had some aunts who are still very much present in your life and Mm -hmm. you have your boyfriend and you have your therapist. Can you just talk a little bit about what community means to you and how it's kind of helped you get to where you're at now?
1: Community and what it means to me. Okay, so I think what community kind of means to me is who can you call on and will show up. I think that's literally the pinnacle of it because if I called on my aunt right now, she'd be like, okay, if you need to come over in 10 minutes, my door's unlocked. Like mm-hmm. walk in. And like with my, with my boyfriend, I know he, I, he has my back in like a heartbeat. I can call this man right now, say something's wrong. He'd be like, what do you need me to do? And mm-hmm. obviously it took over it, it takes a lot for any relationship, I think to like foster. And it's funny that we mentioned aunts because my aunt is, like, the only person I think knows every single thing about me more than my mother does, mm. which is, like, such a wild thing to say, but, like, she was showing up to my soccer games, taking me to soccer practice. She, like, if I needed something, she was there, and when she had a stroke when I was in high school, I would go from high school to the hospital and just sit there with her for hours, and I would tell my mom, like, I'm sitting with her, and she'd be like, okay, like, I'll pick you up, like, when you, like, later. When I'm done, this woman, every time I go get a new tattoo, this woman knows first. (laughs) This woman knows first, and she's like, I won't tell your mom, don't worry. And my mom's, like, always the last person to know. It's just, like, things like that, where I'm like, community is the people that you call that you know will show up. I could also probably call my boyfriend's mom right now, and Carol's going to come running. She'd be like, what you need? Like, what can I help with? And I feel like finding a community like that is what makes a community.
0: And so what I'm hearing is that, even though you didn't necessarily have the person who gave you life to depend on there were other people in your sphere specifically your aunt that you could call on and that would kind of step up and step into that role when you needed it the most is that correct Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that's definitely correct
0: okay so how do you feel like as a child you know going through all of this how do you feel that you found comfort in other people or just like in myself just in general it's wild it, like i if i could go back
1: in time and tell and tell my younger self you'll be all right you'll have people there don't worry i would literally i would laugh in my i would laugh in my future self and say i would definitely i'd be like you're literally a liar really mm-hmm. like i don't think i would have believed it i just i know i couldn't have imagined that it's wild because sometimes i felt like i was always in fight or flight mode
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now i could finally just too and that's such a wild thing to kind of think about
0: now you can too who do you think taught you how to be a woman a person a friend did you learn these things through like tv did you learn it through other women were you kind of taking from other people that you knew and kind of comprising that into making up who you are without that guidance I think
1: I came to be who I am today from taking obviously, from like other people seeing how like their parents to them i also listened to this other podcast called guys we fucked um it's on luminary and like spotify all that jazz and those were two women that were like let's explore sexuality let's explore how you are as a person and then go from there and like they just basically tell their whole lives so like i was listening to that for like years and i think that also shaped like how i thought about relationships how i thought about myself and like again, we keep going back to therapy, but honestly, therapy helped like helped me be who I am today. Like pulling out the notion, because I always had a fuck bitches get at, like get money attitude for like mm-hmm. a while, and I like realized I'm like you can't always fuck the bitches and always get that money. Like you have to you have to make some breakfast. You have to go to bed. Like you gotta you gotta rest. Mm-hmm. So like rest. I think it, it and it took it took time. It, it definitely took time, but like all those things. That podcast I found taking from other people that were willing to kind of be like a pseudo Mm -hmm. woman mother figure. Like, I think that's what really just made it me. Yeah,
0: yeah. You are the child of immigrants.
1: That shit is rough being a child of immigrants. No matter where your parents are from immigrating from, as long as you are the first gen, it's a wrap.
0: Well, I would love to touch a little bit more on that and then, you know, tie it into the way that you've kind of experienced life through your own personal lens. But why do you say that it's it's tough? I'm not a child of immigrants, so I don't know. But I would love to hear your perspective. It's rough because sometimes you have, they, they give you the immigrant guilt. It's like the,
1: we came here for you to give you a better life because we knew we wanted to have you. Mm-hmm. So you're like, fuck, well, now I got all this pressure of like mad generations behind me. Because you decided you wanted to have me. I wasn't even included in this plan. Yeah. And then, like, there's still some mentality of, like, even though we're now, like, in the modern age, I say modern age because I'm like, girl, it was not the same as it was, like, 50 years ago, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you came here. We are now that new generation. Mm -hmm. But they're still stuck in the old bitch ways. Like, that's how it feels. So those are like, back when I was a kid, we didn't do this. I, walk, I did this, and I'm like, okay, girl, what about it?
0: What that got to do with me? Yeah, like,
1: I, I wasn't there. Like, yeah. I wasn't there when you had to walk home two miles, because yeah. public transport was not reliable. Public transport still ain't reliable today.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> like, I, that's not on me. Like, that's on yeah. you. So, it, I feel like it's, it's tough, because they have that immigrant mentality, and then, plus, you have to pass on the culture. You have to. Or that culture gets lost.
0: and and dies and we lose receipts Mm -hmm. as the kids like to say Mm
1: -hmm. and you and we lose recipes also besides the receipts you be losing recipes and some of that shit don't really taste the same when you buy from someone else yeah so it's like you get you have the pressure of trying to make sure you are the foundation for the next the next generation
0: so growing up in a family of immigrants where your feelings are kind of Uh, not taken seriously, you have to kind of, you know, allow them to subside. What was it like for you trying to actualize your feelings as it pertains to your relationship with your mom, your dad, or just grief and loss in general? Was that ever confusing for you? It was. And I think the most confusing part is the fact of when you try to now say your feelings to
1: someone that has never done the work, you kind of get the, well, I'm sorry, I'm a terrible parent. Mm, so well, like
0: sorry, a guilt
1: trip or a gas lighting mm-hmm. yeah it definitely is I never thought that what I did that was that bad I had done worse okay why are you putting that trauma on me though mm. why do you feel like you needed just to continue the cycle of trauma regardless of how big it's not or they like what you went through wasn't that bad what you went through isn't the worst I went through worse mm. <laughs> like why didn't you decide I don't want my kid to go through that why didn't you decide I want better for them like and even if you said "I, I gave you better like you're now in a better country you're now in a better doing you have better clothes better uh there's still the here's here's my emotion can you please validate that can you can you please like say you know what I wasn't there can you say I'm sorry I missed out on parts of your life like that's That's all you end up looking
0: for. And it seems like, again, you show up for yourself more in the way that you needed. I'm looking at your shirt now. The folks can't see it, but I see that you have something on that says good enough.
1: Yeah. Is making
0: sure that you're showing up for yourself emotionally and mentally, do you think that that's kind of been um, advanced by your predicament? I would hope to not be in the same place regardless.
1: I would hope. Everybody can know, but I... I feel like it was needed, like to to be who I am. I think it was needed to be in the same space, like regardless of how my life was flopped. I needed something to be like. You need to show up for yourself. Mm.
0: You need to. Do you be think there. that people can do that without adversity? Yeah, but that
1: should take it a lot harder when you don't have the adversity. Mm. I feel like you kind of need that that tough trial to be like, okay, you can, you can. I think the people that are like born with that confidence, of the parents, that's like you got this, I know you got this, from birth, they'll be all right, but once you had to do after adversity, to be like, I got to show it. I got to make myself proud, I'm not making other people proud, through adversity, it, I feel like it comes a little quicker, yeah,
0: because I, I feel I, like, I mean, go ahead, I'm sorry,
1: you're fine, uh, I feel, I'm saying, I feel like, being that, per- if you are that person where you're always being praised, you're always being complimented, you'll be like, oh, this will come naturally this will come naturally until one day it doesn't and then you have your mental break and then it shows up but once you like didn't have that then you're like all right now i gotta show up for myself that's why i think it's a little quicker
0: that part because for 26 years of my life i was exactly what you said and then i lost my mom and everything changed completely i'm still kind of Mm -hmm. trying to adjust now and i definitely did have confidence um but I think a lot of it was because of my parents telling me that I was the shit. And then after I lost my mom, I mean, my da- I love my dad, but if he tells me on the sheet, I'm like, okay, thanks dad. But if my mom tells me on the shit, it's like, Oh, I must really be that bitch. And so yeah. what I've been realizing lately is that without that sort of kick from her, it's like, Oh damn. Like all of my strength was really coming from her. And now I have to mm-hmm. figure it out for myself and it's hard. Mm-hmm. it feels impossible
1: yeah like because if you have that adversity you already don't have somebody telling you that you're the shit you gotta figure out you're the shit for yourself but if you have somebody backing you up and being like you're amazing you're great you're great this is amazing walk that walk and then they're, they're gone that shit's definitely breaking you because you, you forgot Easily. that you had somebody there
0: mm-hmm.
1: but when you had nobody there you made that person for yourself
0: Ugh. So true. Obviously, you know, grief is something that's really difficult, um, especially in the case of, you know, having somebody, again, not physically be here, but you sort of have been grieving while existing at the same time as the person, you know, that you're grieving. How has that changed you what are the kid? what are they saying on tiktok and change your chemical makeup or whatever how did yeah, I changed chemical your enough. chemical makeup like trying to understand and facilitate in a grief that i guess could potentially be eradicated and you know thankfully you know you're building a relationship with your mom now and so you're working on that but what has that been like for you
1: i definitely am fucked up and i want everybody here <laughs> I am definitely just, like, mentally probably super fucked up. And because if you're constantly grieving, you're constantly grieving. Like, take the amplification of your mother right now and put that over, like, the first years of your life and you're still seeing this woman walk around. That shit it just, it fucks you up. It fucks you up. You. hard. Like, I, like, to be in your shoes, I can never imagine, like, losing my mother. That was, like, my backbone. I can never imagine that. Like, now I'm starting to get to that point where I'm, like, damn, I'd be real sad if if she left. I definitely would be sad if she, like, died or something happened. But at one point, I was, like, okay. Like, let's move on next. Yeah. So, like, being that, you're, it's such a fucked up, like, going back and forth of, can I be this person that's, like, all right, we're good. We're on a good plane. Or will there be something that happens that reverts me back to, if this bitch dies, she dies. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. Like... So it's like it's a real fucked up time trying to still navigate to be like, okay, this is why I, this is how I, this is where I want to go. But what if something happens that re- reverts us back? Mm. So like, I think that's where it definitely makes you all types of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's a that's a that's a constant like fear, and I think that's a constant fear with like all of my relationships. What if I get to that point where I'm like, now we're strangers again? Now I lost this person. I let this person in, and this is what happened to me.
0: With such a heavy situation in tow, why did you decide to come on this podcast? I ask everybody that question at the end of the the, the interview, but I'm curious to know, why did you decide that you wanted to be a part of this?
1: I just thought you were doing something good, to be honest. I feel like, I feel like people don't talk about, people always talk about daddy issues. Ain't nobody talking about mommy issues like that. Ain't nobody talking about the way, like, it comes out. It, it does come out some people do talk about it but it's not that often but like the ways that it it fucks you up when your mother your maternal figure the person that birthed you the person that literally grew grew you that you could literally look like a picture portrait mini me version of them is on like that's just so wild and I just wanted I just was so happy to be like yo she's doing something good talk, finally talking about like damn like damn mom <laughs> like, damn like, mom really
0: Exactly. Like, you feel me? I was me? like, "Damn,
1: yeah, I'm like, damn, that's, that's that's a question that like nobody sometimes gets answers from. And that's why I was like, I got to come on here. I got to come on here. I was like, I got to put a spin on. Like, I got to put a spin on grief real quick. <laughs> we got to yeah. spin, spin the block on grief.
0: Spin the block on grief. I know that's right. We're going to have to hashtag that. Well, Nicole, our time is coming to an end. Before I let you go, is there anything else you want to say?
1: Sometimes that should be rough.
0: And you'll get to
1: a place where you're like, should I really keep going? And you should just keep going. To be honest, you should just keep going. Even if you're in that fuck that bitch attitude, you got to keep going. Because one day your paths will cross again and it'll be all right. And, like, you, you'll get signs that'll be all right. Like, that's the thing. You'll get to a point where you're just like, I can relax. And I don't have to fight. And I don't have to run away. I can just chill out. And I think that's, like, one of the most important things to, like, get to.
2: Wow.
0: Well, this has been such a great episode, Nicole. It's been so lovely learning more about you. I just want to take a second to thank you again for coming on the show and also for believing in my vision and sharing your story that I think will help and impact a whole bunch of people. And I want to thank y'all again, as always, for listening to my show. Damn, Mom, really? You can catch a new episode every 10 days. But again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And again, I want to thank y'all for listening to Damn, Mom, Really? I'll see y'all later. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool-down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in 5,
2: 4, 3, 2. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. Then every time we feel this sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain, and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow, instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can, and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, inhale deeply, and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale, and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up in your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now, Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas, really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them, just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good. You're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants, or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow, or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky. Which weighs the light of the sun coming into your imagination? Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing, or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great, to relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings. And whenever you're ready, Open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.